Shalom, and I hope all is well. My name is Yitzchak Schiffman. Thanks for tuning into this podcast, and I hope you enjoy the Torah classes in it. Now, on to the episode. Okay. Zat Hashem, today, in Masechet uh, Shabbat, we're going to start Gimel Bet, towards the top of the page, Amar Abaye. Needs a little bit of an introduction for today, Bezat Hashem. Gimel Bet Chevra. Two dots. It's about uh, six, seven lines from the top of the page. Maybe eight lines. Two, four, six, seven. eight lines from the top of Gimel Bet. Okay. Chevra. In Hilchot Shabbat, we have four Rishuyot. Okay? What are the four Rishuyot? So the Deoraita Rishuyot are Shutarabim, Shutayachi. That's easy. Okay? Now, just to know, it is worthwhile to note, there's certain halachot that determine something as being either Rishut HaRabim or Rishut HaYachid. So for example, in order to be Rishut HaYachid, it has to be four by four tfachim with a ten tefach wall surrounding. We'll get more into this later, but let's just keep the idea. There's certain numbers that define something as Rishut HaYachid. To be Rishut HaRabim, it has to be a pathway that's 16 amot, surrounds the city. There's certain halachot about it. Some say that 600,000 people have to pass through there. There's certain halachot. But this is the oraita. We have Rishut HaRabim, Rishut HaYachid. Now, what are the two other Rishuyot? Karmelit. Oh. So before we get to Karmelit, let's talk about Mekom, Mekom Petur. What is Mekom Petur? Mekom Petur is something that is not Rishut HaRabim and it's not Rishut HaYachid. So this is something that Midoraita. No problem. You should be allowed to move something from that to Rishut HaRabim or that to Rishut HaYachid because this is not considered, like it sounds, Mikom Petu. That's what it is. It's a place that's not Rishut HaRabim, not Rishut HaYachid, and therefore you could move something from it to both Rishut HaRabim or Rishut HaYachid. So, so hold, hold on the question with that before that. But there's a fourth thing with Yochai, which Yochai just mentioned, it's called Karmelit. Now, Carmelite is a special rabbinic reshut. It's, it's a reshut rabbanan, we could call it, which is where they said that there's isur, actually, to move from it, midrabanan, from it to reshut ha'yachid, to reshut ha'abim. It's considered a more of a isur. So, mekom is like general, something that's not reshut ha'abim, reshut ha'yachid. Carmelite is, is a specific zera de Rabbanan, esur de Rabbanan, to carry from specific locations that are determined, not Rishut Rabim or Yachid, but still asur mid Rabbanan to carry from it to public or private domain. Carmelite is, is, is essentially anything that's not Rishut Rabim, Rishut Yachid, should be Mekom Petu. And being that, it's, being that it's Mekom Petu, you should be allowed to carry from Carmelite, from to Rishut HaYachid to Rishut HaAbim. What's the difference between Oh, so there were certain types of Mekom Petur that the rabbis came along and they said, this this area that otherwise should be Mutar, we're making special Gezeirah here, it's Asur Mid Rabbanan, it's called Karmelit. Uh-huh. Okay, we'll, we'll get more into the Masechta later, the specific examples why they would Asur in certain cases, but the main point over here is, to carry from Rishut HaAbim to Yachid is Asur Daoraita. From Karmelit to Rishut HaRabim or Rishut HaYachid is a Sumit Rabbanan. That's a rabbinic type isu. Okay? So far, so good. Now, we had in our Mishnah, we said that there were these cases where someone takes some, picks something up, extends his hand, puts it into the other property. So, listen to what Abai is going to say. He's first going to say something that is clear, 
And then he's going to ask a question based on that. What is the status of the hand? What is the status of Yad? Is the Yad considered Rishut Ha'avim or Rishut Ha'yachid? So he's going to say, I'll prove to you it's neither. Why is it neither? I'll prove it. Let's listen to the proof that he's going to say. Let's take the case we had before. You're the Balabayit, I'm the Ani. I'm standing outside, I pick something up, I extend my hand inside. And you take it from me and put it down. So what's the halacha in that case? Beautiful, excellent. So this is a proof that it's not a rishut because it was a rishut he carried. If this is considered rishut habim because I'm standing outside, there's no difference. You picked up from rishut habim and you put down rishut yachid. You should be chayav. Uh, it can't be rishut habim. Now let's flip the case. Because hold on, hold on. You hear the point. You hear the point. But you hear the point. If it's considered Rishut Harabim, because I'm standing in Rishut Harabim, so you you picked it up from Rishut Harabim and you put it down. You're Chayav. And the other, so it's not Rishut Harabim. And let's go the other way. If you pick something up and you put it outside and I took it and put it down, if it's Rishut Hayachid, I picked it up and I put it down. I should be Chayav. We're both Patur. So says Abaye. You see clearly the Yad is not considered Rishut Harabim or Rishut Hayachid. So what is it? So now his question is going to be, do we say it's considered makom petu, or do we say there's a pseudo rabbanat, it's a karmelit? Lamai nafkamina. What's the nafkamina? It's a very interesting question. I don't know if you thought about this yet. Someone asked me this in the other shoe, I think. Can you pull your hand back in and put it down? What do you mean? You put your hand outside to give me something. Okay? Oh, I did something wrong. Oh, I said what? So you want to pull your hand back in and put it down in Rishut HaYachid. You grab something? You picked something up, Rishut HaYachid. You put your hand through the door and you wanted to pass it to me. I said, oh, I made a mistake. Shogeg. You did Akira, but you did not Anacha. So you did Akira, Rishut HaYachid. You put your hand through and now you want to pull your hand back inside and put it down. Hold on. If your hand is considered Makom Petu, so what should be the Halacha? But the person is patu. No problem. Pull your hand back inside and put it down. No problem. But if your hand is considered karmelit, so what's the problem? So now you're doing an akira from Rishut, uh, from karmelit and a hanacha in Rishut Hayachid. And that's a sermid rabbanan. So Abaye's question is going to be, I know it's not Rishut Ha'avim or Rishut Hayachid, but is the hand considered makom petu or is the hand considered karmelit? If it's considered mikom petu, pull your hand back inside and put it down, and you saved yourself. To a certain, initially you did something that's asu, but you saved yourself. Okay. But if it's considered karmelit, to put it back, pull your hand back inside and put it down. Now is an isur darabani. Not allowed to do that. Not allowed to do that. Not isur darabani. Oh no, because from No, because from karmelit to reshut yachid is only a darabani, but it's still asu. But the Ah, so so that's but but what but what reshut is it? It's in your hand. So if you look at your hand as mekom pitu, pull your hand back in and put it down. If it's considered karmelit, so you have to do the to put it back down and shut hayachid. As long as it didn't land on land. This is his question. Yeah. So that's so. What's going to happen is Abai is going to ask this question. 
And then we're going to have two bright da'ot that seem to paskin. One says you could put it back in, the other one says you can't. So we're going to say, it's a machloket tanaim. Is it karmelit or is it... But uh, they, both, they both said it's karmelit or one of them is... That's going to be the proof. So we're going to try to say, one holds it's not karmelit and it's mutar to put it back in. And one holds it is. And that's why. And then we're going to have five pirchot to that. We're going to say five different ways of explaining how we know how it's not... It's not a answer to Abaye's question because really the bright to'ot are discussing something else. Mm. That's what we're going to do today. It'll be the sugya today. Can you close the door, Yochai? Vakasha. Okay, everybody hear what we're doing today? Let's, let's see this inside. It's very interesting. You see how the Chachamim... Yeah. It's not a proof. Okay, exactly. So let's see. It's very interesting sugya. Like the, like the obvious situation with the bag that you put a bag on it or if you're just giving the hand if you consider like you know the it's a bag. with Rabbi Chia and Rav and uh, Rabbi it's a bag that you're bringing basically a bright that's oh, oh, oh okay fine fine right 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 that was the previous sugya right Amabai says Abaye Pshitali it's obvious to me Yado Shel Adam the hand of a person Eina lo kirshut harabim velo kirshut hayachid it's not the public property it's not private property why? How do I know? Kishut Arabim Lodam Ya, I know it's not Kishut Arabim Miyadoda Ani, from the case of the Ani, because when the Ani put his hand inside and the Balabayat takes the food, Balabayat is not Chayav. If the hand is Rishut Arabim, Balabayat should be Chayav. Obviously, it's not Rishut Arabim. But I also know Kishut Ayachid Lodam Ya, it's not considered Rishut Ayachid Miyadoda Balabayat, from the case of the hand of the Balabayat. When he puts his hand outside and I take from it, I'm not chayav, I took from his hand. Obviously his hand is not Rishut Ayachid. So says Abayi, it's obvious to me from the Mishnah's cases that the hand is not Rishut Arabim and it's not Rishut Ayachid. It's not one of the Rishuyot Doraita, that's for sure. But Bayi Abayi, based on that Abayi asked the following Sheila. Yado Shel Adam, Mau Karmelit. Is the hand of a person made by the Chachamim like a Karmelit, like one of the Rishuyot Rabbanan, that would be a sword to take from it to Rishut Yachid or to Rishut Rabim? Mi Kansur Rabbanan la Ahadure Legabe. Did the rabbis Kansur give him a knas, a penalty? Did they give him a penalty to return his hand back inside? Let's just illustrate. Balabayit picked up food, put it outside. If you say it's a Carmelit, that's a penalty. You can't put your hand back inside and put it down because then you're transferring Akira from your hand, Carmelit, putting it down into Shuta Yayachid, which is Aso, Tavanan. Or maybe they didn't. It's considered a Mekom Petur, and therefore you could pull your hand back inside and put it back down, and that shouldn't be a problem. Everybody hear the Sheila. It's a fascinating question. You see how the rabbis analyze every detail over here. What's the status of your hand? Amazing, amazing question. Satashma, let's bring a proof. The Braita says, there's two Braita, it's Satashma. The Braita says, If a person's hand was full of fruits, if a person's hand was full of fruits, and he put his hand outside. So he was standing in Bishutayachid. He stretched his hand outside, and now it's hovering above a public area. And he stretched his hand outside. So Tani Chada, one Braita teaches, 
he's not allowed to return it. Now, what does that Brayta seem to hold? It's a Kamelit, beautiful. The Tani Yidach, but there's another Brayta that teaches, you are allowed to return it to the, the Rishut Tayachid. So it seems to be, it's not a Kamelit, it's a Mekom Petuv. So my love, says the Gemara, isn't it logical? This is the Machloket between the two Braytaot. Demar Savar, the first Brayta that says, you're not allowed to return your hand inside. The second one. The first. The first brayta that says asul achzira, you're not allowed to return it, holds your hand is like carmelit. So it would be a problem of isur to put it back into your shurtayachit. Good question. I'll get to that in a minute. That's a very good question. What do you do? Umar Savar and the other one who holds that it's mutal achzira, lavke carmelit damya. It's not the carmelit. It's with makom So to put it back down into a shurtayachit, mutal. That's why it's permitted. So what we've just done is we've resolved his question by showing it's a machloket tanaim. Your question actually is a machloket tanaim. Beautiful. Now Matan's asking, okay, what do you do? Let's say you hold it like Carmelite. So what do you do? You right? can't put it down. So what I would, what we're going to see later, if you hold it Carmelite, it's a problem to return it. So then logically, you should have to keep your hand out there the, the Shabbat. entire Shabbat. Right. Because That's what you're you stuck do, doing. You do anachah, it's the, it's That's the what you're stuck doing. Because if you do if you do anacha, you did akira b'shut ha'yachid, and then anacha b'shut ha'rabim. To pull it back in is isud rabanan. So therefore, what are you going to have to do if you hold it's considered carmelite? Unless somebody comes <laughs> you're going to get tired. That's what's going to happen. Somebody come and pull it from your hand. Now look, here, listen to this. We're going to. I was going to mention this later, but I'll mention it now. If your hand is so tired that you accidentally drop it. You're not going to be chayav actually. The concern would be that you might, you might put it down while you're getting tired, right? Otherwise, it's an honest whatever it is. Your hand's so tired you couldn't do anything about it. But if you put it down, that would be an isur deoraita now. Okay, everybody hear what's going on? But what we've just resolved is it sounds like from the two bright oath that seem to be arguing the she'elav abaye is a machloket But if he's still following an isur, he's facing an isur when once he just Pull, uh, push his hand out, right? Put his hand outside. Yeah. If you bring it back, it's isur the rabana, right? Mm-hmm. So what's the difference? He already passed the isur. He didn't do. He didn't do anything. Oh, what do you mean? In the kameli. Yeah. You're, this is the the fence, right? The border. Yeah. And the hand is here. Yeah, right yeah. Now. So you weren't supposed if to. If you do bring that, it right? back, you were not supposed. This to is isur. This is isur. So no. Well, while you're holding it there, you're not it's doing another isur. As long as it. Bring You're not doing hand. another isu. If, if you pull it back in, it's another isu. <laughs> so either you're going to do an isur do right by putting it down, isur do rabbanan by pulling it back in. But either way, you can't move. That would be the simple understanding. Why? <laughs> Too bad. Stay there for the rest of Shabbat. You'll eat the chalent standing up. What can I tell you? If you don't move, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So lo, says the Gemara, no. Now listen, Chavrit. We're going to have to focus in well here today because we're going to have five pirchot now. This gets confusing. There's a lot of halachot we're about to discuss. Yes, yes, yes. So the Gemara says five pirchot now. Now what we're going to do with these five pirchot is to say this is not necessarily the machloket tanayim. Meaning we're assuming what is the machloket tanayim if the hand is carmelite or not carmelite. No. That's not necessarily what the tanayim are arguing about. Okay? So now we have to figure out well then what are they arguing about? Well, five explanations. Look. Says the Gemara, no, no, that's not the Machloket, and you can't answer Abaye's question with this Machloket. And now the first way we're going to go is like this. Really, both Brayta'ot could hold 
that it is like a Carmelite. Your hand is like a Carmelite. Okay, well, let's stop for a second. If your hand is like a Carmelite, I understand why it would be a sort to bring your hand back in. But why would the second Braita then say, it's mutar zira? that's a sort of Rabbanan. So if the both Braitaot hold that it's like a Carmelite, should for sure be a sort to bring it back in. Why would the second Braita say it's mutar? In case that the, the Ani is trying to give something to Dashir? Oh, no, 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 that's not what we're talking about. Time out where you put, well, let's just stick with one case. Velo kashya. The Gemara says, no, this is not a question. Kan lemata me'asara, did you place your hand within tent fachim of the ground outside? Kan lemala me'asara. And this is when you did not place your hand tent fachim outside. Let me explain. Really, to be considered a part of the Rishut Tarabim, it has to be within tent fachim of the ground. So like this. If you stretched your hand outside, the first Braitha says, and it's within ten tefach of the ground. So you already yeah. did an akira from the Rishut Tayachid, and you extended your hand into Rishut Tarabim, which is something that already is at least a surmi Rabbanan. There the rabbis, penalty, knas. Now what's going to happen is, your hand is a karmelit. To bring it back in, you're not allowed to do. But if it's above that, it's in the avir of the Rishut Tarabim, the airspace of the Rishut Tarabim, that's not yet considered really in the Rishut Tarabim. The rabbis were lenient. Even though your hand should be like Carmelit, you could bring your hand back inside. Like basketball. But, but, touch but, the line don't touch the line. But we therefore are saying is both bright out could hold your hands like Carmelit. It's just if it's above, it's a Mekom Petur essentially, you could bring your hand back in. Pircha number one. Okay, that's easy. Let's continue. The Ibaitema, now this gets very interesting. Ibaitema is Pircha number two. Really, both bright to is when you stretched your hand outside and it was within Tatan Tefach of the ground. So now, you have a problem, right? Oh. And both bright to actually hold your hand is not considered Carmelite. Okay? So. Person stretched the Abalabayit extended his hand outside within ten tefach of the ground, but his hand is not like a Carmelite. Both bright out agree upon that issue. Fellow Kashia, but there's no problem. Kan mi yom. He stretched his hand outside Friday evening at 5:55. Why was he doing this? Because he's a funny person. And he held his hand outside. From 5.55 to 6 o'clock, and 6 o'clock was Shabbat. Now really, before Shabbat, he should have brought his hand back in because he's creating a problem here. Okay, but, says the Gemara, that's when the second Braitha says, really, at the point that Shabbat hit, you didn't do anything, Asur Be'etzem, other than the fact you should have brought your hand in before Shabbat. So there, the second Braitha says, you could put your hand back in. Kan Mishecha the first Braita that says it's a sword to return your hand is when you stretched your hand outside when it's already Shabbat. So now you've done something that's wrong. Since you're doing something that's wrong, the rabbis will say, and listen to this, a very important chiluk, we're not saying it's like a Carmelite, but it's a direct knas against you. You can't put your hand back inside. We're saying both Braita Ot hold your hand is not like a Carmelite. The question is, will they give you a direct penalty? But if it's not a Carmelite, the, 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 the first opinion so what's the point say you put it before 
Oh, it's not Carmelite, but still, if you if you do something, you start off some sort of an isur by stretching it outside. We're not going to give you the leniency. We're going to pe- give a penalty to you. It's not. It's within ten tefachim. It's not like a Carmelite, but at the same time, they're going to give you a direct penalty. You did it on Shabbat. You can't bring your hand back in. You did it before Shabbat. You should have brought your hand in before Shabbat. But we're not going to give you a direct penalty like that. You could bring your hand back in. Exactly. The Gemara explains. If he stretched his hand when it was Friday, so they didn't give him a direct penalty. You could put your hand back in. But if it's already Shabbat and you stretched your hand outside, they gave him a penalty. Again, it's not that it's a Carmelite, but they give him penalty. You can't bring your hand back in. Now listen to this next step outside for a second. This, is, this gets very interesting over here. The Gemara is going to say, what are we saying now? If he stretched his hand outside before Shabbat, he could bring his hand back in. If he stretched his hand outside on Shabbat, cannot bring his hand back in. So they give him a penalty when he did something wrong on Shabbat. If he did it before, he's not going to get that penalty. Okay, everybody okay. hear that? The Gemara is going to say it should be exactly the opposite. It's a challenge. The Gemara is about to ask a very strong question. Really, the logic should show the exact opposite way. Because think about this for a second. The guy who stretched his hand outside before Shabbat, let's say he puts that item down in Rishut HaRabim. Has he done any Surah Doraita? No, before Shabbat. Has he done any Surah? He puts it down on Shabbat. Ah, on Shabbat. But he stretched his Shabbat. hand out before Shabbat, and he puts it down on Shabbat. No, it was it's not an Isur Doraita. Now, it, it, it's an Isur Doraban of Anachab, Bershut Abim, fine, but it's something wrong. There's no, there's no is it an Isur Doraita? No. No. But the person who stretched out his hand on Shabbat, if he puts it down in Rishut Abim, so says the Gemara, the logic should be exactly the opposite. The guy, listen, listen, what? Because the person who stretched his hand out before Shabbat, we're not worried that such a person is going to do an Isur Doraita. So there we should say, you have to continue holding that item the entire Shabbat. Why? 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 What? Because worst comes to worst, he's going to put it down. Is he Chayav Doraita? No. But the person who before on Shabbat stretched his hand out, if he gets tired and eventually puts down this item, what's going to happen? Chayav mi Doraita. So what we, sh- we should not create a Isur Doraita on that person. Why? We should say, because what we should say then is, so that you don't transgress an Isur Doraita, we shouldn't level an Isur Doraita against you. So yeah. says the Gemara, Ibcha Mestavra. It might have been that he did something worse initially in the beginning, but practically speaking, you want to save him from an Isur Doraita. So maybe where he stretches his hand on Shabbat, otherwise he's going to put it down. We should not send Isur Drabanan against him. Whereas if he stretches it out before Shabbat, so that he remembers in the future not to do funny business, we should level an Isur Drabanan against him. What's the logic on that? I don't understand. I'm sorry. What's that? No, no. How, why, why, why if he would come to make an Isur Drabanan, we don't want to, to give him a knock? This is a person who did something wrong in the beginning. We know that, right? Yeah. We know that, right. right? What do you ask? What's your question? My question is, wh- why, why is the logic that a person who is about to do the the the, the, the writer, we don't want to punish him with a knas, but the person who did the sudo rabbanan, we want to punish him with a knas. The ifcham is tabra. How is that is tabra? Listen, listen. If we allow you to pull your hand back in, what have you done? What do you mean? 
nothing. It's not a nothing. Exactly. No, you didn't so why don't we allow? No, we're saying it's this. These she talks are now saying it's not a carmelite. Uh-huh. So allow the guy to pull his hand back in, so that he doesn't end up doing an isur daoraita. But if he put his hand out before Shabbat, he's not going to do an isur daoraita. So give him a penalty, so that he knows for future Shabbatot that 5:55 in the afternoon don't he shouldn't start doing funny business, out. and therefore you'll save him from doing things asur in the future. A worse comes to worse, he puts it down on Shabbat. It's isur daoraita maximum, not isur daoraita. So the question the Gemara is asking really is, level the penalty against the person who is not going to ultimately perhaps do an Isur Da'oraita. You make this guy hold the item outside when he put it outside on Shabbat, the whole Shabbat, he's, he might eventually put it down mm-hmm. and then it'll be Chayab Mi Da'oraita. So don't give him a Knaster, let him put it back so in. Which means don't. This is all knaster rabbanan. So don't give him the penalty. Instead, say bring it back inside. And the guy who put it outside before Shabbat, worse comes to worse. Exactly, worse comes to worse. He puts okay, it's a rabbanan. But at least he hasn't done an isur da'oraita. So there, maybe you should give him a knas. But the guy who put it outside on Shabbat, don't give him a knas because if you give him this knas, he'll perhaps end up doing an isur da'oraita by putting it down. How? Because he did a kira and Rishut Hayachid. No, but how, why if you give him a knas, he might not do a sudoraita? Because well, if you don't give him the knas. What's the knas? No, because no, what's the knas? Because what's the knas? You can't bring it back in. So what's going to happen? Ah, He'll have to put it down outside eventually. Give him a knas. You're, you're going to help him you, prevent a sudoraita. Chazak. You understand? Beautiful. By giving yes. him the knas, you, you, are attempt, you are now making it that he has to keep his hand outside. It's now that he's, he'll put it down it's and he'll be chayami doraita. So if chamistavra, the opposite is logical, says the Gemara. Very interesting question. But if Moti then, only one thing I don't understand. If Moti We have a lot to get through still, Chav. I'm just saying. If he push his hand outside from the Rashut to Rashut, before Shabbat, before Shabbat, yes, and then he kept his hand there, yes, there is no here. Right. Exactly. So worse comes to worse, he puts it down. He did hanacha, but but, only one, but the hand is still outside. Exactly. So how come there is otzah here? So that's the point. Hanachah? That's the point. Is he's not. You're right. He's not doing an isur da'oraita for sure. We know that. Chachamim worry about the point. Maybe the one that can end up doing isur da'oraita. So in Shema is going to end up. No, the one is pushing something. Exactly. You're right. The chashash is much less significant. Exactly. That's the question. What I'm thinking was that hundred percent. Nothing at this point. Exactly. The hand is already outside. So let's read that inside now. Adarabah says the Gemara. The opposite is chamistavra. The opposite is logical. When he stretched his hand out on Friday, let's say he ultimately puts it down in the Rishut HaRabim. He won't be Chayav Midoraita because he stretched his hand out before Shabbat. wasn't Akira and Anacha. He put it down on Shabbat, but he stretched it out before Shabbat. So let the Rabbanan there give him a knas he has to keep holding it. But if he stretched his hand out when it's already Shabbat, that if he puts it down, he will be chayav midaraita. So the rabbis should not give him. Let him bring it back in. So at least he is over the Rabbanan, but not daraita. Well, they didn't do this. We'll see. That's the question. 
That's the question. That's we the just made up the second pircha we said is that the bright eye that allows you. Good. It's a very good question. But the point is, we just finished saying that the bright eye that allows you to bring it back in is where when you stretch it out before Shabbat. Is where you stretch it out before Shabbat. <coughs> the bright eye that does not allow you to is where you stretched it out on Shabbat. So asks the Gemara, but logically, the Isurim, when you stretched it out on Shabbat, are worse. You're going to lead to an Isur Da'araita. So why would you ans- answer the other way? Say that the Brayta that allows you to bring it back in is when you stretched it out on Shabbat. And the one that does not allow you to bring it back in is when you stretched it out before Shabbat. And the Gemara is going to draw a conclusion. Okay, I hear, I hear, I hear, I hear. You're saying it's, it's assisting him in the thing that he did wrong in the first place. But before we get there, Hevra, the Gemara is going to say the fact that we don't answer this way that we don't answer this the way, the ibch, we don't give the Ibcha Mestavra, even though it is Mestavra, it shows us that we can answer a question of Rav Bibi Bar Abaye. Bear with me, Chevra. Rav Bibi Bar Abaye has a different question. Abaye's son happens to be Rav Bibi. Rav Bibi Bar Abaye asked a different question. Really, let me just point out what this shows us. What does this show you? We don't follow this Ibcha Mestavra. So we seem to be saying, listen to what comes out. Chachamim said, we will give you a Sur de Rabbanan, even though that could lead to an Isur de Oraita. Again, again. The Chachamim are saying, we will give you an Isur de Rabbanan, even though it may lead to an Isur de Oraita. The way we answered, and not like the Ibcha Mestavra. You have to keep his hand. Exactly. The guy who stretched his hand out on Shabbat has to keep it there, the Sur de Rabbanan, and... Even though this could lead to him putting it down, which is in his surah da'oraita. If so, he drop it? If he puts it down. For the drops we said, if it's an honest, he's exempt. But if he puts it down, he's chayami da'oraita. So what the Gemara therefore is saying is, the fact that we don't answer like Yipcham Estavra shows us that we uphold the Isurim Drabanan, even if that could potentially lead so to something da'oraita. worse. Now Rabbi Barabai asked a question about that. Let me tell you the question, and the Gemara is going to say the fact that we're answering the Brayta'ot this way would answer his question too. Back in the day when they baked bread in an oven, it wasn't on racks like we have today. It was, it was basically, let's imagine like, a, uh, like an A or something like that, on the, and they would stick the pot, the bread, on the sides of the oven. Now to bake on Shabbat, we know, av right? What about... If the bread was baked already and it was still stuck to the sides of the oven, ridiya tapat. What does that mean? Removing it from the sides of the oven. It's not an isur da'oraita, but it is an isur drabanan. Now, why is it an isur drabanan on the side? The reason, first of all, sorry, it's not isur da'oraita because it's not a melacha. It's called a chokma, but I'm not going to get into that. But it's not an isur da'oraita, but it is an isur drabanan. Either because if we allow you to take the bread off on Shabbat, you might end up baking. So it's a gzera etu a Or what's the other issue? The other issue is it's uv dechol. It's considered behaviors that are weekday behaviors, not allowed to do that on Shabbat. It's a sur derabanan across the but board. You, if you However, we look at it. Let's hold off on the question now. Let's focus. This is complicated. So to remove the bread from the side of the oven on Shabbat is a sur derabanan. Okay? Now Rabbi Barabai asked the following question. This is a fascinating question. A guy forgot it was Shabbat. Let's just take the case of Shogeg. And he put bread on the side of the oven. Now it's starting to bake. Now he has not done the av melacha of ofe. He, he hasn't done baking yet, so he wants to remove it from the oven on Shabbat. 
But there is no bishul after bishul or after. Don't don't stick us to focus. I, I don't know. If he lets the bread to continue to bake, what's going to happen? If he removes it now, what is he doing? He's saving himself from an Isr de Oraita by doing. Oh, so Bibi Baya Barabaye asked a fascinating question. Is he allowed to remove the bread that he put on the side of the oven on Shabbat, that he put on Shabbat? To save himself from an Isur de Oraita by performing an Isur de Rabbanat. But it's anyway going to, to lead to something else. But it seems like we're going to end up. Very right. Let's not get to the Alakha first. No. Okay, listen, what's the point? Oh, so what's so what are we saying here? So you know what are we proving? So oh you says the Gemara beautiful. Matan understands the proof. The fact that we're saying over here the guy who stretched out his hand on Shabbat, we give him a knaster Rabbanan, even the, though it could lead to the Yisur Da'oraita of putting it down. So this is a proof to Rav Bibi Barabaye's question that in such a case, we're going to say, you can't remove it from the oven. Aye, it's an Yisur Da'oraitav. We're going to enforce the Yisur Da'oraitav even though you're going to lead to an Yisur Da'oraitav. So we answered Rav Bibi Barabaye's question with the Second pircha that we're giving in the Braithaot. Everybody with me? Yeah. Amazing, yeah. amazing. Let's so read that inside now. We're, again, we're not making it. That's what it seems to be. Let's see that inside, Chavra. Let's see. Says the Gemara. Bibi. The fact that we're not answering like this Ibcha Mistavra, we're not giving that answer. Rather, we're saying where he stretches his hand on Shabbat, he cannot bring it back in. And he's doing an Isur Rabbanan. We're going to say it's an Isur Rabbanan, and you can't bring it back in, even though it could lead to Isur Daraita. So this could answer a question of Rav Bibi Barabaya. Because Rav Bibi Barabaya asked the following question. He said like this, If a person accidentally or intentionally, either way, he stuck bread in an oven on Shabbat. Do the Chachamim allow him to remove it from the oven, which is an Isur Darabanan, before it bakes, so that he's not over an Isur Darabanan, or, or maybe not. They don't allow him. They enforce the Darabanan, even though it leads to the Av Melachav baking. So the Gemara says, Tipshut, we could answer this. Deloitiru, you see, we don't allow you to bring your hand back in, even though you'll put it down, which is an Isur Daoraita. Mm-hmm. We're not mekil on an Isur Darabanan to prevent an Isur Daoraita. Beautiful. Now, what the Gemara is going to do is to say, okay, it's true. Hello, Kashi, this is not a problem. Enachinami. It is a proof. Meaning the Gemara says, the way we answered, that you can't bring your hand back in this second pircha, this is a proof that the Rabbanan will enforce their halacha de Rabbanan, even if it leads to an Isur Daoraita. Okay, one second. And then, same thing will be, Raviva, you cannot take the bread off the oven, even though it leads to an Isur Daoraita. Now, what do you want to say, Chilu? Go ahead. By, by putting the bread for sure, you're going to Oh, make it excellent, Yochai. It's like a process. No, no, Oh, beautiful, excellent, amazing. Rashi Mamish says it's beautiful, excellent. So it's not Ochacha, beautiful, excellent. Beautiful. 
אבל העניין הוא שאתה תבוא פה למצב שאתה לא, אתה עובר איסורי דרבנן בשביל לא לעבור איסור דאורייתא. כן. אז הם לא יקלו, זה לא הוכח, אתה לא יכול פה להשוות בין שתי הסיטואציות. כן, נו, נו. כן, זה מה שהוא אומר. זה מה שהוא אומר. אז מה אתה... וואי, 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 זהו. What we're saying is, I'm not saying let's stay with the Gemara because we still have to go through a few more steps. But the point is, from the second Pircha, we said in the Bright Ta'ot, we could answer Ravivi Barabai's question. You can't bring your hand back in when you put it out on Shabbat, which means Chachamim said a against you, even though it will lead to, his, it, it could lead to his Surda So here too, when you put the bread in on Shabbat, even though it Will, will will lead will to a sirdoraita, you can't take it off. Okay? And the Gemara says, yes, that's a proof. That would be the proof. So it's a, it is a proof. It is a proof. But now so you don't Gemara, remove the but bread but and you don't bring back your hand. In the second Pirchad is a proof. What the Gemara is about to do is to say, it's not necessarily a proof because I'll give you a third Pircha. Uh-huh. Another way to explain the two Braithaot we brought above that don't necessarily connect with Rabibi Barabaya's question. Okay, so let's see it now. I'll give you a third tipshot. Really, you cannot answer the question of Rav Barabaya. But it's still not a question. Let's explain. When are you allowed to bring your hand back in? When you accidentally put your hand outside on Shabbat. When are you not allowed to bring your hand back in? When you did it intentionally. You did it intentionally, the Chachamim are hard on you. They say, you did it b'chavana, you're not allowed to bring your hand back in. You did it b'shogeg, you're allowed to bring your hand back in. Now there's a major Rashi here, I'm going to try to speak this out clearly, who explains pretty much what Yochai was just saying. Because one could argue, it's still a proof to Rav Barabaye. He said, Bishogeg, what's the halacha? You could bring your hand back in. So that should so prove to us that where you put the bread in the oven, Bishogeg, what should be the halacha? You should, pull you should take it off. So he, says, so he says, listen, listen, good. Rashi, we don't have so much time. I would love to go through this Rashi, but everyone has to run. So Rashi explains like this. You can't bring a proof. Why can't you bring a proof? If everyone wants to look at Rashi, the bottom Rashi of the page, it's kedai to see this because Rashi explains beautifully. Bishogeg lo kansur abanan. You can't prove to the question, not for Isr, not for Heter. 
It's beautiful. Because the fact that we don't give a knas, you could bring your hand back in if you put it outside bishogeg. It's not a problem you might put it down on the ground. You didn't do an isur intentionally. There's no isur to bring your hand back in. What's coming on, Chazal would come along and put a special isur on you. There's no isur right now. So since you did it bishogeg, they're not going to put the isur on you in the first place. But in the case where you put the of the bread in the oven, unless there would be a penalty. And here they're not going to give you a penalty. But the Ridiatapat removing the bread from the oven is in and of itself an Isur Durabanan. So you can't bring a proof, says the says Rashi, from the fact that it would be mutar to bring your hand back in. That means they're not giving you a knas. But to remove the bread is an Isur Durabanan. So maybe there you wouldn't be allowed to remove it. And we go the other way too and he says exactly what Yochem we, we, we can read it also if you want but I'll just speak, speak it outside he speaks the other way also maybe he'll bring a proof from the other way we said if he puts his hand out he can't bring his hand back in so from that maybe you should say that they're enforcing an Isur Durabanan even though it leads to an Isur Doraita and you can't take the bread off the oven so Rashi says it's also not a proof exactly what Yochai said because maybe you'll be able to hold it. So there they'll say, you have to hold it the whole Shabbat and you can't. But in the case of the Atapat, where it's definitely going to lead 10 minutes, it's going to be big, that's in a Surda you can't bring a proof from the maybe. You are allowed to remove maybe. it then in the case. So you can't bring a proof, beautiful Rashi, you can't bring a proof from the new Ukimta, the new way we're explaining the two bright Da'ot, this third attempt, to the Shiloh of Rabbi Barabai. So here there is no comparison because it's going to end up leading for cooking the bread right. for sure right and here in the hand there is still a chance exactly that if the person is strong exactly. enough to exactly it's not vada'i exactly alright we still have two more pirchot to go let's continue the last two are pretty easy let's see the fourth pircha the Gemara says uh, sorry, did I finish that? Fine. Both cases are where he put his hand outside on Shabbat. So what's the machloket? If he put his hand out, he would not be allowed to bring his hand back in. The she'ela is, the machloket is, do we give him a penalty based on the mezid case? This is brought sometimes in, in halachais. Since b'meizid something would be asur, so maybe we should even say b'shogeg it's asur, so that it's a gzeira that you don't ultimately lead to a case of meizid. There's a concept of konsin shogeg et meizid. If something is asur, you're chayab b'meizid, and someone does it b'shogeg, do we extend the isur to shogeg so that in the future it shouldn't lead to a case of meizid? So both agree that be'etz and b'shogeg should be mutar. Be'mezid, you wouldn't be allowed to bring your hand back in. The question is, do we extend the gezerah from mezid to shogeg as well because we don't want you to ultimately lead to cases of mezid. So the b'rita that says asur lach zira says, konzim shogeg et mezid, meaning we say, if it's asur mezid, we want to also make it asur b'shogeg. The second b'rita, mutar lach zira says, we don't make such a gezerah. Fine. Fine. Final answer. This is a fascinating answer too. Really, we're talk- both agree we would not make a penalty. It means we would say is, if you put your hand out you should be allowed to bring it back in. The question is, which chatzer are you bringing your hand back into? 
So we were always assuming you have a shuta yachid and reshuta rabim, and he's picking it up in yachid. He put his hand outside. Hold on, hold on. When you're bringing your hand back in, you want to put it back down. Are you putting it back into your chatzer or into somebody else's chatzer? This is going to be enough gamina. Why is it enough gamina? I'll just explain it outside and then we'll see it inside. The reason it's enough gamina is like this. If you're bringing it back into your chatzer, so essentially you did, your intention was to remove it from your domain. That's what you were trying to do. If you bring it back into your domain, your chatzer, your courtyard, you haven't accomplished anything that you're trying to do. But if you put it into somebody else's chatzer, you haven't accomplished what you originally wanted to, which was to put it in Rishut HaRabim. But you have accomplished a little bit that it's not in your chatzer anymore. So the Chachamim say like this, when you're putting it back into your Rishut, it's mutar. Because you're not accomplishing anything that you were ultimately trying to do. But to put it into someone else's chatzer, it's a little bit of a success in what you were trying to do, which was to get it out of your chatzer, and that's going to be asur. <coughs> Let's read that inside. Velo kashya, kan lo this that we say you're not, you're allowed to bring it back in, mutar lachzira, the second brayta, is into your own courtyard. Turning to dalim Mudalit. kan acheret, when it's asur lachzira, it means to put it into someone else's courtyard. Kitiba minei rav amir nachman, like we find Rav asked Rav Nachman a similar question. If somebody's hand was full of fruits and he put it outside, you let it bring it back into your own chatzer. Rav Nachman said, What about the chatzer? Rav asked Rav Nachman, What about to a different person's chatzer? He said, It's prohibited. Rav said, What's the difference? How do you understand it? So Rav Nachman responded, Rashi learns this is that he responded in a way of like a joke. He said, so there's two ways Rashi learns this. Either it means when you measure out a core of salt, or it means when you eat a core of salt, the difference is so obvious, basically. It says like this, When you bring it back into your own courtyard, you haven't accomplished your original intention. Because you didn't put it outside, and it's back in your own space. But in the case when you put it in someone else's, it You've accomplished a little bit of what you were trying to do, and that would therefore be asur. You wouldn't be allowed to put it into chatzah acheret. But bottom line is, we've shown we don't answer directly the question of abaye, which was if you're if it's considered a carmelite or not, because we said either both right told it is carmelite, it's not carmelite, and then we explained five different ways of understanding the machloket. I will stop at the top of Dalit and Aleph. One question. Yeah.